to everyone listening across the globe and welcome to the new episode of innovative and groundbreaking dog sexomy podcast it's sponsored by emma sexor and it's presented by me aida d for those of you who don't know us yet our podcast is here to cover a wide range of issues connected to human sexuality intimacy connection and partnership and doing all of this while eliminating the societal stigma and guilt associated with any sex-related issue that has not yet been normalized or fully accepted. Um, the title of tonight's episode is How to be better in bed. And it dives into some very specific details about all the different ways we may enhance our sexual skills and lovemaking talents, as well as the strategies we presently use and the outcomes we'd like to see when it comes to pleasing our lovers. So despite the fact that we are all quite familiar with a variety of sex methods and strategies that individuals use to satisfy their lovers in bed or elsewhere, uh, there are always some things we don't know about and ways that we may improve. So on that note, the amazing and beautiful Lindy R is here with us tonight, and she is a life coach who specializes in sexual wellness coaching. She's a sexual health enthusiast and online contributor. Through her own experiences and unconventional methods of research, she believes she can bridge the education gap and lack of access to information around sexual wellness. So thank you so much for being here, Lindy. I'm very, very honored to meet you and to talk to you. Uh, will you please tell our listeners something more about yourself? Hi, it is so awesome to be here. Very honored. Um, something else about myself. Well, a lot of people may or may not know this. I'm very transparent, very open about my experiences. I believe that through telling my stories and through being a voice for those who feel they might be voiceless, I can help others. Um, unfortunately, there's just not a lot of um, sex education that is steered in a positive light, especially with regards to women and pleasure um, in, in the school syllabus. So I thought, I mean, I'm I've got private school education. My parents invested a lot in me. Why is it that I'm still lacking certain knowledge? Um, and I realized that it's just because it's all over the world, sex is a taboo topic. Um, and I'm trying to destigmatize certain topics around sex and sexual wellness so that we can start to be healthier and live healthier lifestyles. You and me both, sister. <laughs> you and me both. So we're all trying to like um, take away this gap between sexual education and all this stigma and everything circling around it. Uh, it is very difficult to have this kind of information online or in person, right? Like when it comes to sex and everything, it's very shameful to, to admit that I want to learn something new about sex, about my sexual life or my sexual health. Why is it so difficult for us, us to have these kind of information, to have access to them? Um, I think, you know, traditionally, well, sex has generally been known for one, the man's pleasure and for two, the woman's reproduction, mm -hmm. you know, um, and the the pleasure and in today's world a lot more women are coming forward and wanting autonomy over their body and wanting to make the decisions that serve them but that goes against the status quo that goes against everything we've ever known so from a traditional point of view and a conservative point of view as well as religious cultural whatever your background is and your upbringing and your um, current environment that's definitely going to be a contributing factor as to how we engage on sexual topics. Um, I think we 
won't really see much change in our generation, but the change we will see is in how we raise our children. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's already starting to be evident in especially the LGBTQI community. We have people fighting for their rights. We have people <laughs> fighting for, you know, the rights of people to be able to live and love who they want to we, um, unashamedly. Um, so I think the, the plight and the fight that people are currently fighting for is just a step in the right direction but it obviously is such a taboo because in the past and even now sex has been very um you know you do it for the reproductive reproductive um, reasons and that's it and if it's a pleasure point of view then it's the man and if it's a woman why are you discussing that or unless you are the one providing the service and that's a different topic altogether very well explained i very agree with you i totally agree with you because it's very different from uh, males and females point of view in in the modern society uh, the women have this uh, societal role this traditional role uh, uh, gender roles are very distinct from one another but we are here to raise our like these new generations to come better so they will understand how to properly access all this uh, information regarding sex sexual lives and so on so we want to discuss right now um these sexual talents and skills that people engage in when they have uh, when they have sex um what are your thoughts on this um you know for me in particular i don't think there's a wrong or right way but there definitely is it depends on who's engaging and who you're engaging with mm-hmm. um there's so many different resources that people use to get sex information which can definitely steer you in the wrong direction uh for example porn if it's not guided if it's not with a certain already um existing foundation of what your pleasure is right. then you might expect your sex and your sex life to be exactly as it is either in movies um or in porn or only fans whatever the case may be so i think um we have to you know platforms like this podcasts um youtube channels you know where they're speaking openly um but also from an educated point of view is definitely what's going to help people understand what's right for them and not necessarily what's right overall okay when we discuss how good or bad someone could be in bed i want to first kind of understand how crucial sexual talents really are during during love making so given that being good in bed is practically like something like a skill that requires practice and and maybe lifelong study how important should this aspect really be to us or to our partners should we worry about it at all i mean we should definitely worry about it it's you want to pleasure and be pleasured um so naturally you are considerate or should be at least of the next person mm-hmm. so you and obviously there's always room for improvement in everything you do not just sex so if you are doing something the same way consistently for 10 years you're bound to get bored of it yourself yes. you know you're <laughs> yeah. bound to feel like something's lacking so yeah. your 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 the natural animalistic instinct in us and the competitiveness of the human being is that we get better is that we do better we want to be the best um and that will be what drives you to um seeking 
uh, other ways of improving your skills um, if, or even just your talents because you know it also is relative some things can be taught and some things are natural yeah right but regarding these potential improvements that we can make on our sex skills and talents I have to ask how can we ever know if we have sex in like appropriate way <laughs> can we ever be really honest and objective about our own sexual abilities um, can we maybe even measure our success with previous partners' reactions to our sexual performance? For example, um, one guy said I was great. This girl said that I could do better. So I'm probably somewhere in the middle. <laughs> so how do we even rate ourselves? How do we know if we suck at this or if we're good at it? <laughs> so I think there's a few factors that we have to consider when we're engaging with sex with anybody. And the first thing is, are you considerate and are you communicating? Mm -hmm. And is there consent? So I call them the three C's. Okay. And if you are considerate of the next person, then it means you're not only seeking your own pleasure. Mm -hmm. um, if you are communicating what you would like and also listening, because communication goes two ways. It's not only about speaking, it's also about listening. If you are listening and watching out, not only for body language, but for things that are also unsaid, moans, um, toe curling, uh, you know, body, body touches, squeezing, things that indicate that, you know, um, this person is enjoying it. You have to look out for those things. So are you communicating what it is that you want? And are you, con are you confirming that this is what they want? And I feel like if you are constantly asking in the moment, is this okay? Do you like that? How are you? Are you okay? Are you feeling good? Does this feel good? That's getting the consistent reassurance that you need throughout, before, during, and after. But if you consider those three C's, chances are you've made the person who you're engaging with experience better. So you don't necessarily, you can't say that my sex was good for one person, but it was bad for the other, if you consider all of those factors. Mm -hmm. Because when you are engaging, I'm not going to like the same sex that you like. Yes, we may have similarities, but you might like a little bit more. You might like toe sucking and I might be like, oh, no spit in the bedroom, you know, yes. but you won't know that unless you are communicating your needs, wants and desires. Um, and I think that also goes to um, speak on to, do you know your own body? Do you know your own mm. pleasure? Do you know the things that you enjoy? Because if you don't know what you like or how to get you to a certain heightened pleasure, then how are you going to expect the person to give that to you? And then it would be completely unfair to say that they weren't up to standard when you were not guiding them. And things take time. If you're in a relationship, you're more likely to get it right with your partner because you have more time to find out and explore and experiment with what they like. But if it is a, a stranger or, you know, someone who you're just having sex with casually, that might take, um, you might need to kind of make decisions a little bit faster. Um, but then again, it's still based on their reaction, how you communicate with them. Um, if they're saying they don't like it, or if they say, can we change positions, then you know, okay, maybe that's not something that they really liked. But the aftercare of sex as well is extremely important because that's where you find out if they really were enjoying it, what it is that you can improve on for them and not necessarily for everybody, just what they would, would make their experience better with you.
Okay, but communication during sex, uh, aftercare, uh, the sexual experience, because it's very important, as you said, uh, these are all factors maybe considering in a relationship. But when we when we talk about like casual sex, there is not much aftercare going around when we have like the one night stand counters. How do we how do we take care of someone? How do we make sure that we are the right fit for someone when we are only having one night? stands or something so I think again that's still the wrong uh, kind of stance that I would say to look at because mm-hmm. you can still be respectful of the person and of give course. feedback yes of hey course. I had a really great time um, I like what you did with that little shower thing and you leave it at that that is enough communication to indicate that you know this was something you enjoyed and it doesn't have to be a conversation that you sit down and formally have after the fact mm-hmm. it doesn't even have to be via text or call because you might not necessarily want to see the person afterwards but as you're leaving as you're saying goodbye as you you know are leaving a little note something to indicate that this was not done under duress or it was consensual and it was something that you enjoyed. I don't think there's any particular way to actually say, okay, I'm the perfect fit for this person, except if you, okay, if there's chemistry, then you obviously got to the bedroom in that way in the first place, but are you communicating throughout? Um, And and, and communication also doesn't have to be boxed. It doesn't have to be so formalized. The asking, do you like it like this, can still be kinky. You're whispering it in someone's ear, but you're still confirming that what you're doing is correct. Right. So we should be respectful at all times, no matter what are the circumstances. And will this, 100%. will this, okay, right. So what are some of the most common mistakes that we make in bed or that we could make in bed uh, during sex? And how do we even correct them? At what point do we really need to stop for a moment? Um, I don't know, take a look around and tell ourselves, damn, I'm really bad at this, or this person is not enjoying the things I do. What's, what must take place in order for something like that to happen to us? Um, presence. You have to be present mm-hmm. in the moment. You have to um, be very um, cognizant of your surroundings, of um, things that are also unsaid. Um, communication, like I said, through body language, through moans, because and if you are not getting any of that, that might also just be an indication that the person doesn't say anything in bed. I've had sex with men who don't moan, don't move. And I'm just like, oh my goodness, am I doing the right thing? Yeah. I'm like, why are you not re- why are you not responding? No one Should wants I to stop? have sex with corpse. Yes. <laughs> and I do, and I really do. And I'm like, are you okay? Like, what's happening? Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, no, 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 don't stop. And that's enough indi- indication for me to be like, okay, cool. I'm going to continue as I was because okay. maybe this is just the way you engage and not necessarily that I'm doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I am, I think confidence, self-esteem outside of the bedroom can be a big contributing factor to how you have sex in the bedroom. Because when I, and I always say to my clients, um, do you know your body? Do you look at yourself naked? Do you know what your vagina looks like? Mm-hmm. Are you comfortable with what you are carrying around every day? Yeah. Because the more you start to love yourself, the more you start to feel yourself and you know, think, oh, I actually feel sexy today. I like this little tummy flap. 
hmm, I'm actually liking the weight that I'm putting on. It looks healthy. When you start to tell yourself those kinds of things, it translates in your energy and your energy will translate that way in the bedroom too. So that you won't necessarily be able to have the best sex unless you are feeling good about yourself because then the other person will feed off that energy. Sure. And in order uh, to know someone else's body, you have to be aware of your own body first. 100%. Okay. And when it comes to some sexual activities, maybe like foreplay, oral sex, dirty talk, role-playing, or even the usage of sex toys, uh, what makes sex the excellent performance and what makes it really bad or if can it be bad at all what are some of the finest activities or tactics to use to make sex perfect for both ourselves and our partner so again i'll just go back to the three c's because okay. if your partner has given you consent to use toys then you know okay this is something that they they might be intrigued or we have to ask want, first before you know yeah, opening this big dildo in front of them we have to ask is yeah like always make dildo, sure yeah. this isn't like 50 shades of gray where i'm taking you down to a dungeon and there's just whips on the wall you know you have to be sure that you know you are giving the person the opportunity yeah. and sometimes they might not initially be interested but the given the opportunity or given the, the option to be asked would you like this might open their mind up to something that they never thought they would enjoy mm -hmm. and there you already have a new experience that you are um that you are providing for someone so if you get the consent first and foremost cool you move on to the next stage how am i communicating this consent i'm confirming every single time i take out a whip can i tie you up yes can i put this gag in your mouth yes do we need a safe word uh, like i would like to take it to this level mm -hmm. are you okay with that or should we take it slow you know the communication and talking throughout to make sure that this person and you are on the same page is definitely what's going to make the sex that much more excellent and then being considerate you know am i whipping too hard Am I looking at this person's body and they look more like they're in pain than pleasurable pain? You know, be present in the moment and take note of your surroundings so that you can make sure that everyone has the heightened and the best type of sexual experience. Right. But not everyone is always like confident enough to ask these things. Like I, I'm thinking about myself a few times. I wanted the person to do something else, something that I felt like I, I wanted to be done and, and stuff like that. But I never was like right confident enough to ask them like can you please do it a little stronger a little faster can you move to the side can you maybe add something new maybe some role-playing or I don't know how to be mm. confident enough to ask someone to tell them I want this I want that can you please do it or if you can that's all right but I need to ask how, how do I do yes. that or anyone else yeah so I think you know always sex I always say that role-play doesn't always have to start in the bedroom start mm -hmm. from afar um i i know that when i want my partner to do something that i'm not necessarily too sure of i'll find like an article and be like oh my gosh this person just sent this to me and their views and opinions will give you a bit of an indication as to where their head is at with regards to what it is that you would like them to do mm. so i for example 
will say to a lot of my clients or a lot of people who watch my YouTube channel, they'll be like, oh my gosh, how do I get my girlfriend to watch this? I'll be like, say you were searching blowjobs and I came up and then you started getting intrigued and you found all these other episodes, babe, let's watch it together. That's and a great like method. You haven't watched it. Yeah. I <laughs> like you haven't watched it because you start to engage in conversation. You can give your opinion and be like, really, I didn't, I didn't really take it that way. I thought it would be cool if we did sure. it like this and yeah. you're able to see their reaction. And what if they what if they asked us to do something like if my boyfriend or my girlfriend asked me like whether you would be comfortable with that? And um, sometimes I did find myself even in a few situations where I was like, oh, yeah, sure, I could do that. I don't want to, though, <laughs> but I know that it will make her or him happy. So I'm like, happy. yeah, sure. Yeah, if you want, I can maybe try a little bit. But all the way I'm thinking, God damn it, I don't want to do this, <laughs> but it will satisfy them. So maybe I could give it a try. If we found ourselves so, in these situations, what should we do? Um, I think in that regard, you really have to be honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, what are your own limitations? If you say yes to something, also keep in mind, you are allowed to say no at any point. You're allowed to change your mind. Of course. Um, you're allowed to change your mind for absolutely anything. So if you are already in the midst of saying, yes, I would like to have a threesome because my boyfriend wants it. And then you're there naked and you're actually like, babe, sure. I thought I could do this, but I can't. Be honest because it'll show in the sex. I think it might even damage your relationship further if you engage in something that you Mm -hmm. actually don't want to do but you did it anyway you become resentful of the person who you said you wanted to do this for they think that they're oblivious thinking wow I just got my fantasy fulfilled but it's slowly eating away at the trust and the relationship that you have Um, if you are the third party who not in the, is not necessarily considering your partner, but you have decided, I want to do this, and then you change your mind. You have to be honest with the people who have invited you in and say, look, I really want this to be a good experience for everybody. But if I continue with this, it might not be something that's enjoyable because I'm still not sure. I thought I was, but now that I'm at this point where I'm about to jump off the diving board, I'm scared to jump in. So, you know, there's... Just note that you're allowed to change your mind. But again, I I know it sounds like I'm a scratch record. The communication is so important. Be sensitive to the person. Be sensitive to the fact that you also have gotten people to a heightened sense of pleasure. They're ready to get involved. And now you have like retracted and taken that away. Mm. If you are able to also engage with people, again, who are respectful, they will respect that you are not ready or that you don't want to. Um, The moment you put yourself in a tricky situation where you may not know the person, you have to be sure that what you are agreeing to engage on is something you will follow through with. If you're not sure, rather don't say it. Give yourself time. Give yourself opportunities. Research. The, The internet is a beautiful, amazing, big encyclopedia of knowledge where you can get information on even just how to build your own confidence around certain topics or certain things that you might want to engage on. Just be sure because saying yes and then changing your mind last minute is also okay, but it also changes the dynamics of whoever it is that you're engaging with.
Yeah, that's very well said. And it all comes back to the loving yourself and putting up boundaries and respecting your body and your decisions. And if this person uh, doesn't react well to our response or changing our mind, it's simply not the right person for us. I think that's, that's yeah, very... <laughs> yes, okay. Um, what I want to do now is share some personal experiences to spice things up a little bit. Shall we? Are you okay, okay with that? Okay, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> okay, great, cool. Um, I want to ask, has it ever happened to you that your sex partner has had um, a negative reaction to what you performed in bed? Like, have you ever gotten this terrible evaluation from your lover? And if so, how did you handle it? Um, okay, so it's actually with my current partner. Okay. We were... It's still a very new relationship. We've been together like about eight months. Um, and at first, when we were having sex, I wasn't really like into him from an emotional point of view. It was just casual. Um, and then like feelings got involved later. But when feelings get involved, the dynamics also change because you care more about what the person, you know, wants from you and expects of you. And I think we were doing doggy and he told me I don't bend, I don't, bend arch my back enough oh. and I was like this nigga is not serious are you kidding me <laughs> like you think I'm in this porno you think I'm able to like be yeah. a v like yeah. I just that's in the movies this is not let's it's not the gymnastic so, class <laughs> so honestly I'm not a rubber band that's flexible and I felt so um insecure I felt I didn't mention it at first but I felt like I was inadequate I felt like why am I not at the level that he wants me to be? But then I also mm. had to look back on my prior engagement and the kind of sex that I was having. And I'm like, but no one has ever complained about this. Maybe his expectations are completely different to and what higher. others have expected. Yeah. And mm. higher, you know? Mm. And also, I think because I'm on OnlyFans and because I'm a sexual wellness coach, people have these expectations that I'm a sex freak. And I'm just like, no, guys, it doesn't work like that. Like, it really, <laughs> I like the, I like the knowledge around sex and I like you know obviously speaking about my experiences but I'm not a nympho so <laughs> I kind of it took me a while for me to finally come and be like I didn't really like the fact that you told me I wasn't doing it properly because mm -hmm. me doing it to your liking doesn't mean it's not proper okay wait everyone wait. else I've engaged I'm sorry, mm -hmm. uh, were your feelings hurt? Is there any emotional factor to someone having like negative reaction? Uh, like, were you hurt? Were you sad or angry that he said it to you? Or were you just like furious? I'm not an informer. I was, okay. I was resentful. I okay. was like, why do you, why do you expect to? In fact, I didn't even want to have sex with him again because then I was overthinking everything else that I was doing. Um, and he couldn't understand why I kept saying, no, I'm not in the mood. No, I don't feel like it. Until mm. eventually I was like, I'm being unfair because he's not sure yeah. of what it is that he's done to get us to sure. this point. Be so honest. I yeah. had to have a sit. Yeah, I had to have a sit down with him and be like, look, I'm not trying to be dramatic or anything, but I really didn't like the fact that you told me I was doing something incorrectly. It's mm. not that I um, don't want to improve, um, but it's also you have to be sensitive in the ways that you speak about certain things because yes, you were just saying it in the moment and it was a thing in passing, but especially as a woman who is always known to be the provider 
from sexual point of view, I felt inadequate. I felt like, you know, you you felt I wasn't um, up to par. Mm, so like not good enough for him. Yeah. Um, but it was a very hard conversation to have because to be able to communicate like that and to tell someone you made me feel a certain type of way, but I and it's and it had these effects. It's also a bit tricky because now he's also stepping on eggshells going forward. Like, um, am I saying this correctly? But that's mm -hmm. what you need. You need someone to be cognizant and considerate of the sensitivity and the way in which they speak to you. So it doesn't happen again. And it hasn't. We communicate so much better because I was able to express my feelings on how he made me feel based on a sexual, a sex act, you know? So your feelings will be hurt. Your ego will be bruised. And unfortunately, especially from the way sex is portrayed, it is an ego thing. Um, are you moaning enough? Are you, is your penis big enough? Um, you know, like, do you spank the ass like a real porn star? Unfortunately, those are the standards that people compare themselves to. So your ego will be bruised if someone tells you that they didn't like something you did or if they... Um, if they have a, you know, a negative energy or body language to something that you've done, but speak on it. Like, it's so hard. It is really, really easier than said, um, easier mm. said than done. Uh, but it really does take a lot of practice. If this is someone who you are just having casual sex with, then that's the one, one per person who it should be easiest with because there's no other emotions involved. Your, mm. your, your sole factor to engaging with this person is sex. So you want it to be the best and you want it to be good enough for you. So you don't have to worry about emotions and all of that. If there's someone who's not living up to your standards you and they're not willing to also expand and be better for you, then you can move on to someone else casually. But if it's someone who you're in a relationship with, you're more likely to be considerate of their feelings and how they make you feel because it's not just a once-off every now and then it's someone you want to consistently engage with so yeah it's not easy but it is doable and it is for the best yeah it's not easy but it has to be done i mean we have to be honest to ourselves to our partners whether they are casual sex affairs or our long-term partners husbands even uh, I yes. often get questions about people, uh, married people, married couples, like they feel um, there's this societal stigma around it where they feel like they just have to put up with things because we're married for a few years, maybe my right. parents even, mm. sure, we're married for like 20 years, uh, why do I have to speak up now? Sure, I don't like what he's doing or what she's doing, but that's my wife, that's my husband, I shouldn't be saying anything, like I love them, we are having this beautiful life together, but it's also also very relevant but just because you're married or if you're in a like serious relationship you still have your right to speak up to say something it doesn't matter how long have you been together do you agree I think even more so when you're in a marriage if this mm -hmm. is someone who you still have to engage with for the rest of your life <laughs> you don't want to feel like you're boxed you don't want to feel like you are trapped yeah. because that will then lead you astray it'll make you want to seek what it is that you really want outside of your marriage or engagement and unless that is something that you guys have consented to it then falls under cheating um and that is a break in agreement of the relationship that you're in and it can have very long-term consequences that you really could have avoided by just saying can we try this babe let's go here 
Mm-hmm. I saw this and I was wondering what your views on this are, just to kind of get an idea of whether they like to take things to the next level and always, always be willing to experiment and try new things with your partner. The, the longer you stay together, the more monotonous it can become. But if you are intentionally saying, okay, we're going to have date night this week. And it doesn't have to be just in the bedroom. There's a lot of intimate acts that can contribute to the kind of sex you have with a person. Are you spending enough quality time outside of the bedroom? Mm-hmm. Are you doing new things as a couple? Um, are, you, are you communicating and do you have good um, you know, resolution to conflict? Things like that will all contribute to how you engage in a sexual act with the person that you are having sex with. So you have to consider, and I, I, a lot of people don't realize this. They think, okay, sex is just a physical thing, it's but not, there's so many much other lifestyle factors yes, yeah. that will contribute to whether your sex life is good or not. So sure. like, yeah, be willing to put in the work because it's not easy and note that it's just not in the bedroom that you have to work. Yeah. It's, um, the best foreplay starts outside the bedroom maybe sometimes even outside the house like we can go on a date even if we are in a very serious relationship we can go somewhere and flirt a little bit people people forgot mm-hmm. about flirting it's so difficult now to flirt because either they see me as this crazy person winking at them <laughs> from the background <laughs> or am i like this uh, i don't i don't like this term but like a strong-minded woman who knows what she wants like independent woman hey how are you do you want to I don't know give me your number or something it's very weird nowadays to do that but I think it could be very a good factor of contribution to sex afterwards I 100% agree like I think you know you just have to you have to know who you are engaging with um and not too much on a a certain level but (laughs) you know even if it is a stranger just be be aware of certain things so that your your engagement together is a a proper harmonious pleasurable one for both yes uh also while talking about all the things we might do wrong during sex there's something i really want to talk to you about and that's um orgasm faking so what i uh what i want to know is could that be the first sign of sex gone bad or is it something like completely normal nowadays if some person out there has ever faked an orgasm and honestly i did it to on a few occasions i want to understand mm-hmm. why do we why do we feel this need to remain silent when our partner is obviously doing something wrong like i found myself a few times in a situation where i was like damn uh, i feel like now is the perfect time for me to come <laughs> so even if i don't feel like it it somehow uh, my partner gets so emotional and passionate and everything seems like the perfect timing and i'm just like okay i came and i didn't and i feel so embarrassed afterwards but I never shared that that I was faking it I'm just like this was the best sex I ever had thank you so much for this Mm -hmm. amazing orgasm and I was like I'm such a good fucking actress I should get a fucking (laughs) for my performance (laughs) (laughs) so what's up what's up with that what's up with orgasm faking how Um, should we address this so it happens look it really really does happen and for me the only time you should really be faking an orgasm is when someone is not 
um, taking on your cues. Mm -hmm. If you say, can we change positions or could you slow it down a bit or, you know, go a little deeper and they're literally just doing what it is that they want. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that means you're probably not going to get through to them. That means you having to fake is to get the sex over and done with. So you can also never engage again. Or so you can engage and give, I am such a hell bent, like I love feedback. I feel like feedback is so important, even if you like plan to never have sex with a person ever again, because you could potentially be ensuring that the next one doesn't have a bad experience like you. Um, and sometimes when you're in the height of the moment, you're not necessarily listening. I, I know this also goes with men. Women are a little bit more considerate in the bedroom, but yes. when it comes to men, you are less likely to say, okay, I'm going to stop with my porno thrusting because this person's asked me because that's what's pleasurable to you. And that's what you've known to have worked. But after the fact, if I'm, if we're having a shower together, or I mean, obviously, depending on who it is, or if you get an SMS that texts the next day saying, hey, I had a really good time. I always say in my workshops, you don't have to say what the person did wrong in order for you to indicate what they did wrong. Give suggestions. Mm -hmm. Say, I think next time, you know, maybe just try and vary it in terms sure. of pace. Mm -hmm. Go around that's not this, saying, yeah. Yes, kind of, you know, not necessarily beat around the bush, but sugarcoat it in a way that's still going to make them be, hey, maybe you're right. Maybe I could try this. But you also don't ever have to engage with that person mm -hmm. again. If the sex was so bad that you feel an, a, a blunt, abrupt, kind of, <laughs> you know, very direct approach is going to be what works then also do that, but also be sensitive to the fact that everybody has feelings, man or woman. So if you're telling a man, hey, I don't really like your small dick, I, I expected more, that's not necessarily something he could help. That's not necessarily, you know, that's what he's grown, that's what he's grown um, with. So there's not much things that he could do about Body shaming. <laughs> yes, yes. Exactly. But there is, because when a man has a smaller penis, for example, there's certain positions that you can do that are more likely oh, that, to hit yes. the G-spot, mm -hmm. you know? So mm -hmm. you can also suggest, hey, maybe next time we can do reverse cowgirl, or okay. maybe next time we could do, you know, the the frog legs or crab legs or whatever it is that you want to call it because those positions are more likely to hit certain spots for a woman and that only will be um evident if you know your own body if you know what position is going to get you to a certain spot you know or get you to a certain pleasure so you just have to be sensitive to the person but at the same time i do believe that Faking is not always the best way to go about it unless it is that you are trying to stop it because you're really, really not enjoying it and you just kind of want them to finish. But then also have the responsibility to give suggestions thereafter so that you're not just leaving it as I faked it and I left because I was mm -hmm. over this. You say I faked it and I left, but I still gave feedback so that he knows what he can do next time. So the next woman or the next guy kind of you know doesn't go through the same shit that I went through sure I'm very glad you brought this up uh, because when you said uh, there are certain sexual positions for uh, men who have smaller penis size and uh, these are actually pretty good tricks 
on how to be better in bed. This is what's this episode all about. <laughs> I'm very glad you brought that up because <laughs> obviously there are so many tricks uh, on how to perform better, even if you don't have much skill or much talent to it or certain tools to fulfill that. I don't know, expectations that our partners might have. I, I don't know, maybe I have a smaller boobs and I'm with a person who likes them bigger. Maybe I could do something else in the bedroom that could maybe like visually improve these. these Entice. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. And mm-hmm. not a lot of people know about these tricks. Like you just mentioned that I'm and I'm over here like, yeah, that's a pretty good idea. I never thought about that. Do you have any more like these specific tricks that someone could engage in? So um, I always tell people, for example, anal, people mm-hmm. think oh, anal is just, you know, I'm going to decide I want to try this and then boom, try it. There is so much training yes, that preparation. goes into ensuring, yes, yes that mm-hmm. goes into ensuring you have a good anal experience, whether it's your first time or a consistent um, time thereafter. I'm and- having a very bad flashbacks right now. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't go. So sorry, into am I triggering you? <laughs> no, continue, please. I'll just mute you. I don't want to leave. No, that's fine. I'm but, just um, from <laughs> from a um, from a hydration perspective. Make sure you're hydrated. It really is important that you are naturally lubricated as well as have a a huge amount of lube to contribute to the actual experience. But not only that, your body is full of muscles. Everything that you want to do needs to be exercised. So start off with a thumb, start off with anal beads, start off with, you know, um, you know, uh, butt plugs, things that will kind of stretch the, yes. But the same thing goes for your thighs. If you want to be a woman on top and you want to have the stamina to last long enough, you need to exercise. You need to have some endurance in your muscles that help you and ensure that you can keep going on in a position for longer than a minute. It doesn't always have to be like marathons. You can, and that's where sure. switching of positions comes in. But you, if you are getting someone heightened and they're just about to reach their pleasure and you stop, you're just like you're starting all over again. So you need to be able to kind of try and maintain the duration of time that you are doing things. And the only way you're going to do that is if you build up stamina. I don't exercise regularly, but I do uh, like a few squats here and there because I need my thighs to be stronger for when I'm on top. I need to not get so tired and be out of breath Mm. that my partner's kind of just like, whoa, okay, you're unfit. You know, and there's, there's different things that, you know, will contribute to that. When I speak on hydration, you sweat during sex, you know, you don't want to be dehydrated. That's, that's going to make you sick. Dehydration will make you sick. So you want to be properly hydrated, not only for the lubrication, but for the replenishment of all the water you're going to lose in the act, you know? So there's just certain things that you need to like, look out for exercise, um, your uh, your hydration but on top of that mental preparation are mm. you in the right frame it's of crucial. mind because yes. stress um you know any other contributing factor that might you know make you feel like you're not on an emotional level to be dealing with this will definitely tell you whether your sex is good or not um mm. and i think people take that for granted 
if your partner says they are tired and they're not in the mood don't force it don't, don't push it, it. don't sure, don't yeah. think yeah don't think that no if we try it then it's going to suddenly change it might actually make things worse mm -hmm. because now they're going to feel inadequate for not being able to um, actually give up themselves 100 but in actual mm -hmm. fact they had initially said no so it's your fault for pushing it sure. so there's just you know mental preparation physical and then like internal from a hydration point of view those will all help with your performance in the bedroom Yeah, these are very good advice that you give. And uh, these are pretty common problems. I think people don't understand that there is a whole science behind sex. Like it's not just let's get naked and let penetrate into me and everything's going to be fine. Like there is so many things to consider before engaging in any sexual interaction, so long having sex. Uh, And the things you said could really help people. You know, I, I don't have a doubt in my mind. And you, I actually learned a lot of new things <laughs> listening to you. <laughs> I'm very grateful for that. And on this note, how would you advise young people, let's say, who are interested in having sex for the first time, maybe, or who have been doing it for a while, but they maybe believe they aren't doing it properly? So what techniques should they use? What are some must-haves in terms of sex? And what should be maybe avoided at all costs? Are there any rules to it? What would your advice be to them? Um, well, to young people, mm -hmm. and I think this just goes back to my point on research, a lot of people who comment on my YouTube channel, for example, my YouTube channel has an episode on how to correctly give a blowjob. And that's my most viewed episode. It's got 1.1 million views. And it's just like wow. the range in which I have an audience from India to Canada to the mm, US amazing. To, yeah. like, to the Czech Republic. I'm just like, wow, it's such a wide variety <laughs> mm -hmm. of people who all need the same information. It's a global But issue. Yes. 100%. But I was there that my episode helped you. It gave you eight factors to look at when engaging in fellatio. So there are resources out there that will help you not only give you the confidence that you need, but will give you different ways to try techniques, different mm. exercises you can do to stretch out your, your hip abductors, different things, you know, depending on what it is that you want to engage in and you want to enjoy, research it not only alone but research it with your partner because if you want to try something new with your partner like and I think the reason I want to even do an episode on anal is because there was a girl who came to me she was young she was still in high school but she was dating a much older guy um, and he was in university and she was like oh I want to do anal but I'm not sure whether I should use the aloe vaseline or the cocoa butter vaseline and my jaw nearly dropped because I was like oh, vaseline whoever told you that that is what you're supposed to use mm. but she didn't know because we're no one's teaching you that in school no one's teaching you how to have about lubrication and everything like around. 100% because lubrication so 101 <laughs> <laughs> so look at other resources use the internet don't always use porn as a go by in terms of your your um your plank for or your platform or your base um for comparison because you won't always get it the exact same way it's portrayed and i think my only advice is to yeah do the research and also be sure of what it is that you want um 
don't only do things for your partner, but if you really want to engage for your partner, make sure you've done enough research to make a sound decision that's not going to detriment you thereafter. So there are a lot of factors that we could do to our daily activities to improve our sexual confidence and our performance. So there are a lot of things like educating ourselves, doing research. Uh, can we maybe do something uh, by meditating or eating better or maybe going to counseling even if we are not in a proper state of mind for interacting sexually to someone what are some other things that we could do in our everyday lives to improve our sexual performance except doing okay um, research and educating ourselves is there maybe could i maybe meditate <laughs> to perform better <laughs> during sex Yes, definitely. Um, mindfulness will help you mm -hmm. with being present. Okay. Um, you know, if you are able to silence noise and chaos around you, you are able to make better decisions for yourself. Again, obviously, eating healthier will definitely be a contributing factor because not only do you taste better, but you are in a better physical condition. Uh, please share some uh, food examples. <laughs> please share some food examples um, like pineapples and strawberries. <laughs> I want to hear them all. <laughs> okay, well, um, I know a lot of, um, okay, strawberries and raspberries, obviously, nuts. A lot of nuts help with your sex drive. Um, mm -hmm. Avocados, uh, watermelon, uh, mostly fruits I need so to write this yeah if you <laughs> <laughs> so just off the top of my head I know nuts are a very big um, go-to especially walnuts um, have mm -hmm. a lot of walnuts and that improves your sex drive um, I know uh, strawberries and raspberries like the, the the seeds are like loaded with zinc and zinc is very important for your sex drive when you are engaging but okay. this can also it doesn't necessarily only have to be foods it could be supplements if you're taking your daily vitamins mm -hmm. these can also contribute to you know the kind of sex that you're having um folic acid and vitamin b which is found in i think it's uh avocados mm -hmm. that will definitely give you energy that you need um and stabilizes your hormones so you're having a good time and so, it also helps um, with the stress relief so it helps uh, calm our nerves and stuff like that i heard i read about it that b vitamin b is actually great for our mental health as well so that's probably a good 100%, option sure definitely and again like people um underestimate the the mental strength and ability that you need when you're engaging sexually mm -hmm. so always think that everything um is all encompassing it's all connected um, I've also heard that coffee is a good stimulant for your sex drive. It can heighten your arousal. Oh, wow. Um, okay. But mostly, mostly nuts, uh, mostly walnuts, uh, almonds, um, things that are good for your circulation, uh, your blood vessels. All of those are, are things we don't necessarily take into account. But if you are um, taking them regularly and consistently, you won't ever feel like you need to up the dose of something extra like let it become a lifestyle and that's where health is a big contributing factor to the kind of sex that you're having sure and maybe a glass of champagne now and there of course <laughs> of you know course. we need a little social lubricant sure. <laughs> yes social lubricant yes as well as any other i i can't stress that enough <laughs> use your lube <loops. Okay. laughs> 
Okay, well, this was amazing, but I'm very sad to announce that we're kind of at the end of our episode. Do you have anything to add to conclude our tonight's episode? Any questions, any conclusions, any comments? Um, I think, you know, besides all that I have already said, mm -hmm. just sex doesn't have to be so technical. I think, you know, we, we get so high strung and in the zone of wanting it to be perfect that we lose that it can just be a really great bodily experience and an energy connection and, you know, just flowing of pleasure. And when you don't take it so seriously, be, don't be afraid to make mistakes um, because that's how you learn. And mistakes are also relative. What might be a mistake for me might be exactly what this person needed to Once. reach their pleasure. Yes. So just make, don't make sex too technical, um, but make, make your pleasure the top priority. Uh, do you want to announce any of your upcoming videos on your YouTube channel? So maybe our guests, our listeners could check that out, maybe educate themselves a little bit, learn something. Wow, okay, well, I've got, I mean, what I already have is obviously, you know, how to give a blowjob, mm -hmm. um, what orgasms are, how to, how to reach orgasm, um, how to have a proper threesome, threesome etiquette, <laughs> uh, what masturbation is and all of them as much as they are very educative they're from my own personal experiences so there's a story behind it where you won't feel like you're in a classroom you feel like you're listening to a story um, sure. with a little like fact thrown in, the, in there but the next few episodes that I have coming up is mostly which you've just given me a great idea on um, how to um, what foods to have to contribute yeah. to your health and to enhance your sex life um, I have got another episode coming up on um, how to correctly do anal. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm very and glad I to think... be of assistance. <laughs> I'm so happy to be Thank able you. to help you. Sure, Thank to motivate you. you. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And one other one that I, has been highly um, requested is sex positions. <clears throat> Not necessarily just sex positions, but sex positions for women that okay. won't tire you out. So I had a coaching session with a lady um, a few weeks ago and she wanted it in person because she wanted to know how to stretch before she has sex. And I was like, okay, well, this is what you need to do every day so that mm -hmm. when you do have sex randomly or in the moment, you're not saying, oh shit, I need to stretch first. You mm -hmm. know, it's that your body and your muscle retention is already there. So yeah, that's one of the other episodes coming up. Um, if you do need some coaching, <clears throat> my website is lindyr.org.za and i do retreats i do bachelorettes i do high teas i do workshops whatever you would like curated for your educational experience is what i provide so yeah Amazing. Thank you, Lindy. I'll make sure to check that out. I do have a lot. I have a long way ahead of me <laughs> to learn and to prepare and to do things appropriately. And I guess a lot of our listeners found this episode very educating. So I really want to sincerely thank you so much for being our guest tonight, uh, for being so open, so detailed while sharing your personal perspectives and your knowledge and how can we all perform better, how to improve our sex skills and turn into these perfect sex gods and goddesses that we all should be. <laughs> 
Hey, love that, love that. Okay, so with this notion, we will conclude our tonight's episode and we will continue to delve further into the force of human sexuality and all that it may symbolize in our lives the next time. For our listeners out there, please don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram as well as on our official website, emmasexstore.com and make sure to read our blog since you never know what the next topic might be or when you could be our next guest. Also, please don't forget to give this video a huge thumbs up on YouTube, subscribe to our channel, make sure to hit that notification button and also comment down below and share your sexual experiences with us. We'd absolutely love to hear from you. Thank you so much. This was your girl, Ida D, and we'll talk about sex again very soon. Linda, I want to thank you again. You've been super amazing. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye.